Welcome to the Addiction Reset Podcast, where we share a method to overcome addiction and reset your life. Now, here are your hosts, James Pendleton and Amy Kasky. Addiction Reset Podcast. We're so grateful you're here. Today's our second episode where we're going to introduce you to what the reset method looks like. How's it going today, James? Going well. Excited to be here. Uh, great to have our first episode out of the way, get the jitters out. So ready to go for number two. Well, good for you if the jitters are out. For you. I still got the jitters. <laughs> All right, but we really are excited to be here with you. Um, we feel like this reset method is something that can really benefit those that are addicted to pornography specifically or any addiction. So we're excited to explain it to you. But before we give you the um, concept of what reset stands for, we'd like to tell you a little bit about how it came to be and who James and I are. So James, tell them a little bit about your background and how you kind of stumbled on and then created the reset method from your own experiences. Okay, so, um, well, Amy and I, obviously, as we mentioned in the last episode, we're brother and sister, and we um, have a lot of the same personality traits as far as we like to accomplish things by um, creating new habits. Um, Amy has always been great at our family trying new challenges to get us to implement new habits in our life. And so I've been on board with that. And I really like to find things that I can stick to. I like following um, a list, if you will. If somebody gives me 10 things that I need to do every day. I have a pretty easy time doing all those 10 things, right? Because I know that that's kind of um, the direction I should go. And so um, you were a really big part of that, like figuring out with these challenges that we always do, that habits are a big part. And for me, I've always been into physical activities. And so I always played sports growing up. I played um, hockey in college and um, I was always into sports, but I never did a ton of running. And then um, a couple of years ago, actually about two years ago, again, Amy was the one that kind of pushed me down this path and signed up for this eight mile race and I never ran more than 10k race before and I said I would um, join her on it um, and we basically to say all of that to say that we do a lot of physical stuff right and so and we and we stick to kind of our goals if that makes sense so just to play like now I love running this has become a big part of who I am and I do a lot of physical activities that kind of people would consider to be habits. And um, that was kind of how all of this began, right? But one of the things that we'll kind of discuss a little bit today is that I was doing all of these same things while I was still addicted to pornography, right? So those things, which are a part of the method, as you'll see, aren't the total picture or the key of um, how it all kind of works because I was doing that while I was addicted and until something else happened Which we'll discuss a little bit later That was kind of the the missing piece of the puzzle if you will So I want to I'm curious Amy because you're the one that is always kind of at least in our family dynamic 
pushed habits and challenges and doing these things, why, why is that so important to you? And why is that part of who you are? Okay, so um, I think I'm just a very type A personality, kind of like you said, like, give me a list and, and I'll attack it and get it done. Um, I remember a friend introducing me to kind of the concept of like a 30 day challenge years and years ago and just really resonating with, oh yeah, just like give me my things I have to do every day and I'll totally stick with it. And for me, it really um, worked for spiritual things as well, outside of physical, you know, every day I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna write my journal, I'm gonna read my scriptures, I'm gonna listen to a conference talk. And I just really started to see growth from the consistent application of those things. I love um, the book, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And that book also I found about that time and that resonated that doing daily consistent habits over time yields great growth. But like you said, um, it was just actually, we're coming up on about a year when I found um, the concepts that involve thought work that added to that habit. There was still kind of a component missing because like you say, you still um, were having struggles with addiction. And so although I was growing and although the habits were good, it seemed like I still kind of reverted back to some of my old um, thought processes, and I would even say like false identity, like things I was trying to change about myself, but even though I was still doing all those great habits, there were some things about myself that weren't changing, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it until I got a, a life coach, and I started to learn how important thoughts were, and I'm currently in a coaching certification program um, with Brooke Snow, where she really kind of marriages the two of the thoughts and the habits. And that's when things kind of became magical. And I think that's where you and I really, about six months ago, started to recognize what it was that pivotally changed for you, you know? Because there was a point in time, you can actually look back now to at an exact time when the reset method kind of started to take shape, if you will, or was born. Um, and that's where we both started to learn that we really had to use a pattern that involved thoughts and habits together in order to achieve success. So that is where that reset method was born. Would you um, please share that story with our audience about how that came to be for you? Yeah, so um, like I said, we were kind of in the same spot, it sounds like, as doing habits, but not necessarily feeling like it was getting us to who we wanted to be or where we wanted to be with just the habits alone. But um, I won't get into, too much detail because there's plenty of other places that you can follow that will tell you a little bit more of the detail but i was you know 20 almost 20 years into my addiction and i had had a pretty profound experience in the temple telling me i needed to stop this um, at that time my daughter was about to turn eight years old six months later actually this was in february she was going to turn eight in august and after that experience i stopped viewing pornography for those six months so I could baptize my daughter um, and feel good about it, right? Um, and I'm not saying that there's there's a certain amount of time, whatever your bishop talks about is, is whatever you would need to do. But for me, I felt really good about the place that I was. And then um, a couple uh, weeks after this, I baptized my daughter, 
I fell back into my addiction and it was, it was really frustrating. And this was it for, for those that have been in this addiction for a long time. They understand this, this is a cycle that happens all the time, right? Like you do well for weeks, months, even potentially years, and then you fall back into it. And, it, and it's super frustrating because you feel like you're doing the right thing. But anyway, at that time when I was uh, pretty, pretty, uh, or struggling with this new relapse, if you will, I called Amy on the phone and talked to her about it. Basically, I had given up in my mind with the idea that there would be a period of time in my life that I would be completely done with this addiction. Like I had basically come to terms with the fact that there may be t periods of times that I'll be able to stay away from pornography, but for the most part, it'll be with me forever. And um, I asked Amy a specific question, like, do you think I can still make it to heaven having this problem that I'll never get over, that I might have good periods and bad periods, but I'll never get over it? Do you think that that is still a place in heaven for me, if that makes, if, and that, that was kind of, that was the question that I asked her. And her response, which again, I didn't realize was so profound to me and would lead me down this path to where we are today. And again, this is about three three and a half years ago now that she said this. And she said that the atonement covers that too. And I actually don't know, Amy, are those the exact words? I don't know if they're the exact words. That's what I heard when you answered my question. And um, that changed something for me, right? So in my mind, I was thinking the atonement only worked when I actually did stopped viewing the pornography. And in her mind, it was, even if you're viewing it, the atonement covers that, right? If I'm still trying to progress, I'm still trying, which I was, I just was failing every so often. Um, the atonement still covers that. And what that did is, as she kind of alluded to just a minute ago, that it, it added a thought component to it. I started to reflect on what my true belief of the atonement was. Now, it wasn't for about another six months after this conversation that um, I really started my recovery. And um, that started in March of 2018. And so we're a little over three months or three years into that recovery. But that was kind of the beginning of the change for me was this idea that my thought or my belief could be different. And if I added that component to all of these habits that I had been practicing and, and becoming better at for so long, that additional component like I said earlier, was kind of the missing piece to the puzzle. And so as Amy's alluded to, you know, six months or so ago, as I've been wanting so badly to help other people because of what recovery has done for me in my life. And as Amy and I have kind of discussed over and over, like, what is it that worked this time? Um, and that was kind of, now that we've discussed it so so much in so much detail, that was kind of the missing link. And that's how we kind of came up with the reset method that we're going to kind of share with you today. So the reset method was a combination of this experience, as well as the experiences and the challenges and the habits that we've been building for, for so many years in our lives that kind of became what it is today. And it's a method that now we've tested on other people, as well as ourselves. And it's a method that works and a method that can be used in so many different situations. And we'll get into that in, in future podcast episodes with how you would use it specifically in, in different situations. But today we just kind of want to tell you what it is and tell you um, 
how to use it in a in a very broad sense. So Amy, why don't you introduce what reset means and what it is, and then I'll kind of jump in as as I feel like maybe I need to. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so I'll just start with the first. R is for reflect. And I think as James and I started to create the reset method and, you know, because we're talking to a mostly LDS community, I would even go so far as to say that you were inspired um, to, to pull all those pieces together, right? And so the R for reflect was really why this was so pivotal for James, because we really have to think deeply. We actually just looked up the definition of reflect and to reflect means to think deeply about something. And so I think James, that question I asked him, I think James, that what that did for you is it, it made you think deeply about how you truly view the atonement of Jesus Christ and what you're thinking about it. You know, and I had a very interesting epiphany over the last couple months um, as we've been creating this method. God has taught me that we have agency to choose what we think and to choose to decide if we're going to believe what we think, because we have a lot of thoughts that run through our head and we think those thoughts are true. And we think that we just have to keep thinking them because we thought it and that's just true. And I think I lived my first 40 years of life thinking that I had the agency to choose how I act based on what I see or know or do or or think, but I never really recognized that I had the choice in how I thought and what I chose to believe was true. And I think you had to let go of some thoughts that you had regarding how much the atonement of Jesus Christ could do for you, regarding thoughts of how much you trusted yourself given past experiences. Um, and so R is we truly ask you to reflect. And then after you reflect, E is going to be explore because then you got to explore okay now that i've deeply thought about that what am i going to do with it what does that mean for me you got to explore where that could take you and i think explore is the really fun step um because it's it gives you that potential and all those possibilities and so i'll let you take off from after r and e james or add to well just a little um opinion on the explorer is so what what the explorer did for me after i reflected that the atonement may be a little bit different than i thought it was the exploration actually took the weight off of my shoulders right that it wasn't now this big elephant in the room that i will never be able to get out of the room it was like even if it stays in the room it's still okay and for whatever reason that exploration and that thought work that that i was that I did unintentionally at that point um, made some changes. And so about that potential, right? You knew it opened up potential for you. And like, I agree with you that exploring is the exciting part because now with reflecting, you may think of something differently. You may not, but you may think of it differently. And now with that different thought, where does that take you? Exploring what that actually means for you it can be pretty exciting. So as you move forward, so R&E and then the next three are going to be more of the habit forming and the actual actions that are associated with um, the thought work that we just kind of discussed. So the next one is small. 
So as Amy alluded to earlier, um, compound effect by Darren Hardy has been a big part of our lives for, for years. I don't remember the last time that we, or that I, I don't remember when I started reading it, but I know it was a long time ago. And um, the idea is that we don't have to make massive changes in our lives to be able to have, uh, to make a difference. And in fact, if we do a small change over and over and over again, the, the result of that is more often than not going to be greater than a big change done once. And so after we've reflected, after we've explored, now we make a small change. And then the next E is going to be execute on that small change. Before you move on, if it's okay, I'd like to just share a quote with our listeners. So Darren Hardy, he says, the accomplishment of any goal is the progressive accumulation or compound effect of small steps taken consistently over time, which is basically what um, you just described. But that's a quote from his book. And I believe so powerfully in that. So many of us do something a few times or we try to do something really big and we just think the little stuff isn't going to work. But truly, like he said, it is the accomplishment of any goal has to come from small stuff. If you have um, a basketball player, I remember an interview with Kobe Bryant and he said that he shot after practice, after everybody left, like 200 free throws. It was the consistent doing that every single day that got Kobe to greatness. It wasn't just showing up to the gym once. It was doing it every day, day after day. So anyway, just to add. Yeah. And, and the important part of that is, so the small in, in our method is what you're going to do, right? And we're going to make it really small for you. But as you mentioned with Kobe Bryant, the actual act of doing it every time after practice is now the execute right so they go hand in hand and we need to find something small and then we need to execute on it. and the reason that we choose something small is those small actions are easily executed if they're small enough right and so that those two go really hand in hand and um without one without the other doesn't really work right so if we do one a small thing one time it's not going to do a whole lot of difference for us right but if we learn to execute those on those on a regular basis, um, daily or even more often, um, especially when it comes to pornography, as you have a lot of urges, um, you're gonna learn to use this method um, in a very short period of time and you're gonna do it consistently and you're gonna execute on the small things that we would will teach you in future episodes. And then um, the last, the T is stands for track um, and transform. And so, um, Amy, you want to hit on track? I know track is, you're, you're really great at track and I'm learning to get better at tracking, but tracking is super important. Yeah, I would love to talk to track. So James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, which I'm going to just paraphrase, but he says anything that um, you want to improve on that is tracked improves exponentially when you track it. So just doing it will improve you, but tracking what you're doing will improve it exponentially and i know that's true so i am currently working on improving my sleep and being more consistent at getting sleep and but i have not set myself any goal i have to get this much sleep the only thing i've done is put a piece of paper and a pencil beside my bed and when i go to bed i have to write down what time and when i get up in the morning i have to write down what time 
That's the only thing I'm changing. And yet, because of that simple pattern of tracking, I am getting consistently seven hours of sleep at night, which has not happened in a long time. And so as you track that, it's going to be so powerful. And the reason it does make that growth um, increase exponentially is because our brain is wired to look for things that are helping us and that are good. And our brain wants evidence that what we're doing is what we should be doing. It's looking for evidence. So your brain will find evidence to prove to you that you should stay in bed and not get up and work out because you're tired. But if you track, you're showing your brain, you're giving your brain that evidence that what I'm doing is working. Even if there's some times you didn't do it, you're giving it evidence that by and large, look, I'm doing this. And so tracking is so important for the brain wiring to be able to see what I'm doing is good, it's working, I need to keep doing it. 100%. So yeah, tracking obviously is super key. Um, and then transform. And the reason that transform was was added to this was I often ask clients um, what life would be like without pornography. And a lot of them don't have an answer because all they care about is getting rid of, rid of pornography out of their life. That's the only thing that they think about is like, I can't have pornography. When in reality, what we want to do is transform our life into the person we've always wanted to be. And that may include not looking at pornography, but there's so much more to life. There's so much more to being a husband and a father um, and a member of the church and a member of the society and community. And there's so many things that we can do. And the reset method can be used to overcome pornography, but it can also be used to further your life. I've used, while in my recovery, um, I've used this same reset method to be able to move from a 10K race to then the 18-mile um, invitation to now, a couple months ago, I ran a 50-mile race, and I'm currently training for a 100-mile race. And for some people, that that's no big deal. For me, that's a transformation. That's who I want to be, and that's who I want to be in the future. And using this reset method actually gets you that transformation and gets you to become who you want to be. So just as a recap, so reset stands for reflect, execute, or sorry, reflect, explore, small, execute, track, and transform. Okay. And we'll go over um, in future episodes how we would use this in different instances. We're going to use it right in the middle of an urge when you really are, are struggling and need something to help you right in the instant. We're going to use it in the morning. We're going to use it in the evening. We're going to use it before we talk to our spouse about our pornography addiction. We're going to use it before we talk to the bishop about our pornography addiction. There's so many ways that we can use the reset method and how it can actually help us um, have those difficult conversations. It yeah, goes. I think that's so important because, you know, I watched my son, I watched my husband white knuckle it if you want do you know to say the words and we want you to forget about willpower we want you to learn a method that you know if i follow this pattern every single time i will have success and again things take practice right when we're learning a new pattern when we're giving our body and our brain something new it's going to take time and it's going to take practice but eventually you're going to get to the place where I know the exact method. I know the exact pattern that I'm going to use every single time. You know, and I love the quote that Darren Hardy also gives in his book where he says, don't wish it were easier, wish you were better. 
And yep. so we're not going to tell you this is easy. It's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. But everything worthwhile is hard. Everything worthwhile takes hard work. But we're going to tell you that here is the method that if you use and if you practice, you will get better to the point that it will eventually completely transform your life. 100%. Yep. It's going to get to the point where it's second nature for you. Your subconscious mind is going to be able to do this method without really thinking about it. And that's what you're currently doing on the pornography side, right? A lot of the times it feels like you never even make the decision to look at pornography. You just all of a sudden you're looking at it and you didn't want to look at it. Now we're going to flip the script. We're going to put a, something in our subconscious mind to actually help us and get to the place where we want to be versus just letting our mind uh, take us to places we don't want to be. So I, I think that's all we wanted to cover today. Amy, any last thoughts before we, uh, before we end? And we'll, we'll come back with some ways to use this reset method in our lives. But um, I think, I think that's all for them today. I think that's it. So we're super excited. We're, hoping that you're going to keep listening and keep following us on this journey as we tell you more about this method. Awesome. Well, until next time, thanks guys for listening. Thank you so much for joining us on the Addiction Reset Podcast. We are on a mission to change the conversations surrounding pornography addiction. Our reset method will help those looking to overcome their addiction and transform their life. Please share to help us get the word out and find those that would benefit from this community. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, at our website, theaddictionreset.com. And if you are interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching, email us at theaddictionreset at gmail.com. If you like what you heard today, subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Leave us a five-star rating and let us know what you thought in the reviews. This will help our podcast reach more people. Remember, with the Reset Method, recovery is in your future.